Hello and welcome to Overdrive, a program that looks at the fantasies and fallacies of anything to do with motoring and transport. I'm David Brown and we're back with new programs for 2022. And in this program we have new stories including the brand new Kia EV6, why sustainability is not the first choice of many EV buyers, we have a sneak look at the new WRX and the Land Rover Defender 90, the look of the past with the ride quality of the present. And in the feature documentary story, can you tell a lot about a vehicle manufacturer by their marketing approach? For the last 21 years, Kia has been the major sponsor of the Australian Open Tennis Tournament. The first year of supporting this prestigious event was only some four years after the company had declared bankruptcy and they were selling cars very strongly based on price. Has Kia evolved with the sponsorship deal? Is it a fitting partner for this impressive event? Well, this year they have their new EV6 electric vehicle to put on display, so we spoke to a number of their executives and some other commentators to get a comprehensive picture of the state of play. There's more information at drivenmedia.com.au or podcasts of the program or our Spotify page. So let's get our first new one for 2022 on the way. Let's start with the news. Kia showcased its new electric vehicle, the EV6, at the Australian Open Tennis Tournament. It's a very stylish vehicle that is classed as a large SUV. It is built on the same platform as the Hyundai Ioniq 5, which has a much different appearance. It has a 72-hour kilowatt battery, and the vehicle can be a two-wheel drive to the rear wheels, putting out a respectable 168 kilowatts of power, or by utilising two electric motors, one powering the rear wheels and one the front wheels, it can produce 239 kilowatts with 605 newton metres of torque, a figure that many rugged diesel four-wheel drives would be proud of. Its sustainability image is heightened by the use of some recyclable materials in the interior. Excluding on-road costs, the base model is $68,000, the GT Line with a single motor is $75,000 and the GT Line with dual motors is $83,000. A new electric vehicle is usually discussed in terms of a push towards environmentally friendly vehicles. But at the Australian Open Tennis Tournament, Kia's General Manager of Marketing, Dean Norbiato, pointed out that many customers have other priorities. We've done a lot of research and what we found is that the level of interest and purchase intent around sustainability is far down the pecking order when you compare technology and performance. It's actually really interesting to see the level of performance and how big of a factor that is on purchase of electric vehicles. At the launch of their latest BRZ sports cars, Subaru took the opportunity to also show the latest version of their WRX that is likely to go on sale in Australia in the second quarter of this year. The sedan looks less angular and less aggressive than the model it replaces, but still has enough performance style features on the exterior, such as the traditional air scoop bulge in the bonnet, low profile tyres and a wing on the back. 
Most notable was the interior design that gets a very large infotainment screen that first appeared in their Outback. It is higher than it is wide and in this way resembles a Tesla interior screen. There will also be a station wagon in WRX form. Our resident artist Dean Oliver thought the new station wagon looked good, much better than the Lavorg, the previous incarnation of a WRX engined station wagon. The Lavorg was a very good car, but horrible name and rather bland appearance. Subaru's general manager, Blair Reed, points out the difference and similarities between the BRZ and the WRX market. Different buyer, um, but some similarities, you know, performance enthusiasts or people that just love the expression of what their car states. There are some slight differences in the, in the buyer demographic for both those models, but some really big commonalities between them and the types of people who, you know, car enthusiasts or, or really like their car to make a statement and, and provide, again, you know, all-round driving ability and handling is one of those. The historical image of the Land Rover is of a boxy, typical three-door, go-almost-anywhere vehicle, much loved by the UK military and farmers. It did sterling service in the building of the Snowy Mountains hydroelectric scheme in Australia. In 1984, the short wheelbase model was named the Land Rover 90. The number 90 came from the approximate length of the wheelbase in inches. It was not a vehicle built for comfort, even up to the later models. It ceased production in 2016. At the time, Overdrive's Brian Smith said that no one who understood the word ergonomic had been anywhere near the design. In 2019, an all-new model was released, and its design is a clear homage to the earlier versions, but it is smooth, relatively quiet, and one in which you could drive a long distance in comfort. This latest 90 has a wheelbase of nearly 102 inches. The base model is priced before on-road costs at over $89,000 and for the V8 it goes up to $231,000. And that has been the news. Kia has been the major sponsor of the Australian Open Tennis Grand Slam event for 21 years. But is there a good marketing link in this for a company that was clearly a cheap and cheerful vehicle brand at the beginning of the sponsorship? To look at this, we speak to Kia's marketing manager and their product manager. We catch up with former marketing guru and now motoring journalist Paul Morell. And there's our resident artist, Dean Oliver, and our mechanical engineer correspondent, Fred Brain, and our transport expert, Brian Smith. This is Overdrive across Australia. The Kia company started in 1944 as a manufacturer of steel tubing and bicycle parts. It got into vehicles in the early 50s. It had a very chequered career in the 20th century, initially building other manufacturers' cars and trucks under licence, and then going bankrupt in 1997 during the Asian financial crisis. In 1998, it linked up with the Hyundai Corporation, and while there has been some considerable commonality in development and component parts with Hyundai Motor and Kia Motor products, they are ostensibly separate organisations. The 20th century has been a much better progression of improvement. Even so, there must have been an immense act of faith just five years after bankruptcy 
to start sponsoring the Australian Open Tennis Tournament in 2002. For while tennis in Australia might not be as elitist as the strawberry and cream set at Wimbledon, it still is a prestigious event. Paul Morell had a long career in marketing and is now the founder of the website SeniorDriverOz.com. Paul, is it wise to start a promotion on what you think your product might be rather than what it is at the moment? I guess most companies, most brand managers have an idea of how they want their brand to be perceived. So you have to start pushing that brand, if you like, into the area you want it to be. However, uh, having said that, when you push yourself too far, people then get very, very doubtful because people have an, have an opinion of a brand. Mm. So if, you're, if your where we want to be message is so far removed from where they think you already are, then it becomes a problem. You want to then move slowly. Is that the point? You don't want to try and jump in as a gold-plated solution when you're, you're only at the bronze stage? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way of putting it. I guess the reality is that brands have to build up a reputation and an image over a number of years. Uh, and no matter how hard a, a brand manager wants to push that, uh, it's very much in the hands of the public to decide where they see that product as fitting. Um, you know, there's no way, for example, that the public is going to see a cheap product as an expensive collectible item, no matter how many times the brand manager may say that, or maybe had the advertising and everything else that's presented, it's very much in the hands of the public. Kia's product manager, Roland Rivero, was more than happy to have their soon-to-be-released EV6 on display as an example of their current rather than their past position. You don't have to go that far back, 21 years. You can, you can just go back the last you know, seven years, for instance, where the brand evolution has been you know, remarkable from the introduction of seven-year warranty in 2014, introduction of a Stinger in, in 2018. We've reworked our dealer network also, and um, our marketing is, is, is very much top-notch. And now vehicles like Stinger, as an example, really, really gave customers a look into the brand in terms of what it's capable of. So it became a case of it's not just about being cheap and cheerful. We've actually got really good quality product uh, with ger- you know, German influence. Uh, the recruitment of obviously of Albert, Albert Beerman uh, as, as head of our R&D centre, uh, that also had a, a role to play and, and that produced a vehicle like a Stinger and it's also helped produce a vehicle like EV6. And I think if we never had a Stinger, we never had the seven-year warranty and we had more, more customers, you know, trying out the brand and finding there's permission to buy the brand and be seen in the brand. It's only through that experience that they've been able to then spread word of mouth. So now, seven-year warranty, it's no longer, uh, you know, a way to lure a customer in. It's actually become a closer, whereby, you know, it's now probably third or fourth reason why you'd look at a Kia. And I think that's, that just goes to show the evolution of the brand even more. But the, the product speaks for itself now and, and the mix also is quite strong. Back in the days, we'd probably be selling mainly entry variants or base trims. Uh, you know, the base Rio, for example, despite being car of the year, UB Rio, it was mainly being sold in the lower end. That's all changed now. We're, you know, where people buying a Stinger, they're looking at 90% of the volume is actually in a GT. Uh, in, an, in a new Sorento, it's, it's you know, 60, 70% of the mix is actually in GT line. So when people look at a Kia, they want to buy 
the variant that actually has all the, the bells and whistles and all the spec. And when they do their maths and they compare it to, say, a European make, they feel like they're getting really good value for money irrespective. Kia might have been the car you used to buy because you could afford it, but now it's the car you buy because you want it. Is that? There's definitely an emotive element that's happened, uh, and you know, even even the rebrand, uh, you know, the changing of the logo has had a had an impact. Um, really? When we started off, uh, obviously it was shown at the AO first and foremost, and wasn't shown on a vehicle. But as we as we rolled it out from model year 22 from. Uh, you know, a host of vehicles uh, from Serato onwards and every other model you change after, it's definitely had a, a big effect um, in terms of desirability for the brand. And, um, you know, we, we didn't see that coming. We didn't think that that was going to have as big an effect in terms of the desirability and rejections come down dramatically also. So Rejection of what? Brand rejection. So we, we also measure brand rejection also. And oh, this is people that say, I'll never buy yeah, a Yeah, I'll never buy a Kia. And that, that's just absolutely dropped. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's definitely all the metrics are pointing in the right direction. And it's pointing in the right direction at the right time for us to bring in a car like EV6. Dean Norbiato joined Kia four years ago as the general manager of marketing, but he understands its history. It would have been difficult to have put a car on display 21 years ago with the same impact. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something each year we set ourselves to be just better than last year and we evolve accordingly. And that's almost like our product planning strategy is to make sure that the previous model is bettered by the new model and so on. And we take that same ethos to the Australian Open. I mean, we have a two-ton car sitting on a set of um, 250 rods that's simulating its movement. It's the first time it's been done globally. Um, we're doing it here at the Australian Open. So excited to have customers come in and see, and potential customers, the new EV6 that we've got. I often think the best way to look at a car is to follow it in traffic. You know, do you think you're trying to get that dynamic presence? Is that where you're aiming? Absolutely. I've only just thought of that then, but I'll take credit for that. Yeah, I mean, seeing it in motion is when you see it in its purest form. And this car in particular, when it's moving, you can't keep your eyes off it. I mean, we're getting 500 of them. Hopefully we can get a few more uh, in 2022 because it has significant road presence. And we know that that's one of the best measures or, or best indicators and instigators for someone to purchase a new car when they actually see it in traffic. So we're excited to get this car in particular out into the public and out into the wild. Image is very important, but I don't think a car company could do a Rolex that, as I understand it, uses technology of an older design, although in an elegant casing. Nonetheless, over the years, past management had not aspired to such heights of image building a subject that came up with Paul Morell. One of the things they did uh, some years ago before the current management was that they got as their person to front their local ads was Elena Dockick's father, <laughs> who was the outspoken, horrible man who really yes. made her life terrible. Can that have some breakthrough, do you think? Um obviously not with me because I don't remember it at all <laughs> but what a strange decision I mean he was the man was reviled across the across the the whole sport and was just seen as a, as you say a, a horrible person I can't imagine what could possibly done there um, that would work for Kia but 
as I said, I don't remember it at all, so I, I shouldn't comment too much. I asked one of their executives why and at the time, and they said he was cheap. <laughs> as good a reason as any, I guess. <laughs> I, you and I probably would have been cheaper if they'd approached us. <laughs> <laughs> and much easier to work with. Yes, and probably far, probably even less efficient. Kia now has a new slogan, a three-word slogan, which is movement that inspires. Is, is that effective across the board? I know it is to some people, and I'll come mm. to that in a while, but how important is these sort of buzzword slogans that they develop? A lot of these, a lot of these expressions, I mean, I've had comment, I think I've commented to you before, um, when I get a press release now, I mean the first. I actually want a. I want a program in my computer that can take out all the all the fluff and 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 hyperbole that we get in press releases, um, because there's it's just over overdone uh, to the extent where you go no 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 I can't I can't use those expressions you know the the, the fabulous new flowing design you go not oh, not really um, expressions or slogans like uh, like movement that inspires it's an interesting one but i think it's more a reflection of where that company sees itself and sees itself going than something that's going to turn on a customer it's a, it's a strange one but with all the marketing effort you cannot stop people from having their own thoughts dean oliver is overdrive's resident artist and he is with our mechanical engineer fred brain so, gentlemen, uh, Kia's just announced their slogan, that their new slogan, that emotion that inspires. How do you feel? Have you been inspired by emotion recently, Dean? I don't know how to answer that, David. Um, <clears throat> um, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's a provocative question. Getting up in the morning, that's pretty good motion these days, isn't it? Only if you've had enough fibre. Yeah, well, that can help. Yeah, yeah. Got to get the motion in perspective there. <laughs> but there are some more serious and positive interpretations. Those familiar with this program will know that regular contributor Brian Smith has an acerbic, irreverent wit, which he skewers some of the ideas and actions of people using trains, planes and automobiles but he is also a highly qualified transport planner. Now, Brian, the Kia's latest slogan is motion that inspires. That's a great little catch line, I think, David. Um, like motion it? that inspires. I like it. I like it because uh, too often it's all about speed and, and, you know, driving fast and aggressively. I like the idea of inspiration and, and I think it fits okay. with their sort of uh, their emerging emphasis in zero emission vehicles. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like the idea of uh, inspiring people through your products. Brian doesn't just talk about principles and issues. You've just bought yourself an Ionic 5, so you yeah. are passionate about uh, electric vehicles? Yes. I, I current work I'm doing uh, as a consultant is about uh, transitioning internal combustion vehicle fleets to zero emission, and um, I'm I'm sort of talking the walk and walking the talk kind of thing. So uh, I was able to secure a Hyundai Ionic 5 in a very um, tight sort of uh, small numbers coming out, um, expression of interest process. Should pick it up in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I'm very passionate about 
moving to zero emissions. There's still lots of questions, David, about embodied carbon and recycling of battery parts and things like that, but it feels like the right thing to do for our family to move from an internal combustion engine car. But not all customers see it that way. Dean Norbiato has seen a major trend for many people. There's a lot of talk in uh, electric vehicles about range. Is the marketing of this now evolving into more than just a one-dimensional approach that uh, the EV, it's, it's a car first and happens to be electric you know, second? Yeah, absolutely. We've done a lot of research and what we found is that the level of interest and, and, and purchase intent around sustainability is, is far down the pecking order when you compare technology and performance. It's actually really interesting to see the level of performance and how big of a factor that is on purchase of electric vehicles. So you would think that a lot of people would be leaning into an electric car to save the planet. It's almost like that's a byproduct of them getting a car that has superior performance and technology. So you'll see with the EV6, we're really leaning into the performance aspect of this car and it has the credentials to back it up. So we're more than comfortable leaning into that space with this specific electric vehicle. The boys see the value of a good image but they express in an earthy way that what is important is what the customer really wants. What do you think about the new EV6? Do you think that would work better? Well, it's uh, design-wise and um, yeah, sort of inferred prestige. It, it, it's um, a quantum leap from, from those early days. Certainly image-wise too, the fact that they're, um, they're full electric, that, uh, I mean, it's the ultimate in modernity, you might say, um, moving forward and promoting promoting the sport, promoting their image. Kia said, of course, that actually in buyer's mind, being environmentally sensitive is not top of the pops. It's well down the list. Mm. Does that mm. surprise you? Uh, yes, yes and no. It's probably, do people buy cars because they're, modern or do they buy them because they're uh, they've got other attributes such as being being green so uh, being something you can boast about and features that make you comfortable yeah yeah that's probably mm -hmm. more a factor especially when you're <coughs> shelling out quite a few dollars mm. you might use the being an electric vehicle as a boasting point but the reality is you want to know that the stereo system's good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, and, and you do have the latest in technology. One other factor that Kia's new EV6 could help change is the classification of vehicles. This car is very much a category blurring vehicle. Like it is really hard to put into a category, even though it is in the above $60,000 medium SUV segment, it's something that you just can't quite pick. It has the credentials of a, and performance of a sport car, yet the practicality of an SUV. So, you know, call it what you will, um, but it is a very attractively styled um, performance machine. Roland's not too worried about the label that will be put on the vehicle. Look, what's in the name? I think that SUVs, uh, particularly the medium SUV segment, is such a strong segment at the moment, and it does offer a wide variety of choice. Um, I'm not against it being categorised as an SUV, given there's just so much desire for it at the moment. Um, and I think it actually may even help uh, move uh, EV6 uh, along and, and get some favourability amongst uh, multiple customers, even 
even mums that uh, may be after the practicality more so than than you know the the driving enjoyment of of a passenger vehicle but when they realize you know when they get behind the wheel they're actually not compromising that whatsoever then i think uh, they'll find it's a fairly compelling compelling proposition they could still boast about they uh, could still boast about and then i think uh Obviously, there's still a market for ladder frame SUVs out there. Uh, you know, Land Cruiser is still a very strong, very strong uh, product uh, in Australia, and you know, our market in particular, you know, has a strong desirability for those types of products, uh, for ladder frame uh, pickup utes, etc. Um, but you know, for for many many urban dwellers, uh, a monocoque type uh, vehicle is is really all they need because they'll they won't really be venturing out, out on bush on a very regular basis. Finally, after all the hype and discussion about Kia being at the tennis and showing their new EV6, was it worth the effort? So uh, in terms of registrations and expressions of interest, it's now three times more popular than the best model previous, which was Stinger. So we're sitting close to 25,000 expressions of interest where people, and we know that it's, it's getting tougher and tougher for them to share their data, they've act, actually actively shared their data to hear more about this car. So that is just one marker that shows the interest in this car. 50% have been existing care customers who are very much proud of their purchase and looking to step into another. And 50% it's ushered in a whole new audience to the Kia brand, which is hugely exciting. And it is our new halo model that will sit right at the top of our product portfolio. Is it a new market in terms of demographics, younger, older? Is it adding? extra demographic potential markets? Yeah, we've, um, we, we put a pixel on our website to understand a bit more about who is venturing, looking at the EV6 page and the um, socioeconomic status. It is the most affluent audience we have ever had, 16 times more affluent than the general audience who visits our site. So we're absolutely talking to a new audience as well as our existing customer base with this car. It's an example of the maturing of the product to a prestige type of uh, brand. Yeah, I mean, we're just a humble little Korean car company, but if we can make cars that will appeal to people at the top end as well as the mid and, and bottom end of the markets, then so be it. We really want to provide a car for everyone. Humble? Humble, nimble, and quick. <laughs> we are currently putting together a video on this discussion with plenty of pictures and more dialogue to reflect some of the issues that are involved to try and get a car that is acceptable in a changing market. You're listening to Overdrive. Volkswagen has hit a winner with its Touareg since its launch, and I drove the 210 R-Line version, which is perhaps the sweet spot in the range. Before I go on, I must declare that the Touareg is one of my favourite SUVs. The 3-litre V6 turbo diesel pumps out a respectable 210 kilowatts and a healthy 600 newton metres, driving all four wheels through the four-motion system and a ZF8 speed auto transmission. It is no slouch either, running from 0 to 100 kilometres per hour in 6.1 seconds, about the same as a Golf GTI. However, it is a long-distance cruiser that the Touareg excels. It will accommodate five in comfort with their luggage. More than enough performance and dynamics to keep most drivers happy along with the luxury and comfort features of the R-Line to allow occupants to relax in style. 
You have to actually dry the Turag to appreciate just how good it is. The Turag 210 is priced from $112,690 plus usual costs and is fully equipped in R-Line specification. This is Motoring Minute. I'm Brianna Fraser. You're listening to Overdrive. I've just spent a couple of weeks in the latest Isuzu D-Max LSU Plus four-wheel drive crew cab ute. Positioned to slot in between the flagship X-Terrain and the mid-spec LSU, the LSU Plus features similar equipment to the LSU but with the addition of premium black leather extended upholstery and interior trims. Adding a touch more comfort to the package, the front seats are heated with the drivers featuring eight-way electric adjustment with electric lumbar support, which is comfortable and appreciated for my ageing back. Additional equipment adds dual vanity mirror lights, auto-dimming rear-view mirror, heated door mirrors, lane support system switch, and a factory-fitted tow bar and tub liner. With class-leading safety features across the range and the new Intelligent Driver Assist System, the D-MAX has a 5-star ANCAP safety rating. Improvements to the reliable 3-litre turbo diesel engine mean smoother driving and better economy. The D-MAX has always been a strong off-road performer, as well as an excellent tow vehicle for caravans, boats or horse floats. The LSU Plus is priced from only $61,900 plus the usual costs. It should be on everyone's list for a premium dual cab ute. This is a Motoring Minute. I'm Rob Fraser. And this has been Overdrive. My thanks to Dean Norbiato, Roland Rivero, Dean Oliver, Fred Brain, Brian Smith, Rob Fraser and Paul Just for their contributions to this program. Overdrive is syndicated across Australia on the Community Radio Network. For more information, go to drivenmedia.com.au to find links to our podcast and our Facebook site. I'm David Brown. Thanks for listening.